You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Barron, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Barron's 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, all right. Welcome to the Tactical Kitchen Show, episode 39. <laughs> you got it out there, like, very first thing. I know. We just said it, so I'm staring at it. I, I know. It By the way, that's my age. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. No, not really. <laughs> not even hardly. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, Sad. hey, what are we talking about today? Okay, so very first thing. I, you know, we, we've been talking about this with the beginning of the new year. People came into keto hardcore, and it's about that time when it gets hard. So today we want to talk about keto and weight loss. I know, shocker. <laughs> <laughs> well, and specifically is should you do a keto diet for weight loss because that's why most people come to a keto diet is just they want to lose weight. Yeah, that's I mean, how many people on average, like in a ratio, would you say approach us about weight loss versus anything else? It's got to be 90% of the people that we talk to are just looking to lose weight. Yeah, that's usually the very first thing is, well, why do you want to do keto? I want to lose weight. So when, you know, we're coming up here on our next holiday, which is Valentine's Day. <laughs> this is, it's this another is, candy holiday. This is the marker of the end of the New Year's resolution to get in shape, basically. Don't you find that? Like, even when we go to the gym, it starts to peter off. Now, about now is when people start really kind of falling off the train. Yeah. The keto train. Yeah, they, have, yeah they've fallen <laughs> off the keto train. Um, and that's true. And you see it as this cycle that people go through every year. Uh, they push hard on the first couple months to try to lose that weight that they've gained over Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then by by the time February rolls around and uh, Valentine's Day, they're like, eh, I like chocolate. I, I, I like a box uh, or a piece of chocolate turns into a box of chocolate turns into <laughs> I'm going to go to the store and get another box of chocolate. It's half off. A box of chocolate, a glass of wine or a box of wine. A box. <laughs> What did you get for Valentine's? A box of wine and a box of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so so kind of what we want to talk about is we understand that people want to lose weight and also that keto is a great diet to lose weight. But we want to, you know, change the focus and have people think about health first and weight second. Right. So this kind of really hits home with me because for years I focused on weight loss. Mm-hmm. Like all through my 20s, 30s, well, even before my 20s, sadly, even as a teenager, you're just so focused on, I want to be skinny. I want to be skinny. And and that's what I thought. And I know a lot of other females are like that. I don't know what men think at that point. I think they just, I, I don't know if you even think about it. Well, I was focused on performance. That was, you know, being special operations uh, in a career field that, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're tasked to go out and be with SEALs or Green Berets or Rangers or whoever, when you go to do that mission, you have to be in great shape because if you're going to walk 20 miles, you got to be in good shape. So everything I did was focused on 
performance, trying to perform better. Mine was also focused on special tactics and things, which was like, <laughs> it was a special tactic to be able to go into a store and pull out a size two and be able to slip it on very easily. That was my mission. So it's like a mission. You slip into the environment. Yeah, see, it was. It was like a mission. So that was my, you know, that was my goal, sadly. And looking at that, I... I know that while I was trying to maintain that kind of like, you know, I don't even know. It, it was no form of health. I was trying to maintain that whatever I thought was should be my normal. Right. And you're doing whatever possible to stay at that normal, to stay, you know, the, the perceived uh, shape or weight that you needed to be at that was pushed on you by society. You got to be skinny. You got to weigh 100 pounds. InStyle magazine. In style I'll go magazine. ahead and blame them. InStyle yeah. people. You know, friends, the, everything. I need to be as skinny as Monica. You know, that's and that's that's kind of what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, looking at that, I really focused on that, and I ignored a lot of the health consequences because I, my focus was wrong, and it was wrong for me because I focused on that weight loss, and I would have things like utter exhaustion. I wasn't eating enough food a lot of times, or I would binge eat and then feel like crap and fall asleep. Or then, you know, you're just, you're so focused on the other stuff, you ignore things like inflammation, headaches, um, sleeplessness, or too much sleep, heart issues that are, you know, blood pressure issues, things like that. Well, it's a roller coaster because, like you said, you, you, you eat less calories, you work out more, your body can only sustain that for a certain period of time and you get exhausted and all of a sudden you break. Either you get sick or you get an injury. So now you're forced to not be able to work out. So you try to low calorie even harder. Oh, yeah. And at the same time, like especially when I was in my late 20s and early 30s, I liked doing cardio. I ran a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I would run on a cup of coffee, which is kind of what I do now. But the problem was, is when I came back, I would eat like half a cup of oatmeal or a half of a bagel with some cream, low fat cream cheese on it, mm -hmm. yep. stuff like that. And, and, you know, you're, you're going into that and I, yeah, I lost a lot of weight, but I probably had zero muscle tone at all. I mean, you know, it, it was just a poor outlook on what, you know, a poor way to look at where I wanted to go, which was just to be a certain size. Mm -hmm. and, and in your 20s, you can do things like that because your your body stores minerals and that's in, in your bones. So you can really push your body hard and, and your body will steal it from yourself basically. Yeah. But you're not replenishing. So uh, that ends and usually it ends for most people around, you know, late 30s, early 40s is when your body finally says, I've had enough. I, I'm not going to give up anymore. Yeah, I I think that's so absolutely spot on because I think when I was probably about 30, I started noticing weird stuff like um, like my scar tissue around my incision section mm -hmm. uh, from C-sections would just be so like inflamed and hurt all the time. And I thought I thought that was normal. And now I look back and, you know, we talked about that inflammation before. Um I started to focus at that point, like I was like trying to think, what can I do 
to be healthier, but I did that stupid soy based like vegan thing. And because that even back then that was like a healthy diet is a vegan diet. Right, right. You know, they have the perception that, you know, eating a vegan diet is healthy when in reality it, it's it's healthier than eating a standard American diet. If you're eating fast food and processed fruit and a lot of sugar then yes, if you go to more fruits and vegetables, you're gonna feel better. Yeah, well, it's like when your dad was over the other day, and he wanted to see that picture of me when I was in third grade as a cheerleader. Yeah, because we were we were on the same. Steve and I were on the same field. He was a football player, and pee wee football, and I was a pee wee cheerleader on a different team. But we had our picture taken in the same spot. So mm-hmm. anyway, I also had a picture next to that where I was about four or five years old, and I'm sitting outside early in the morning before the sun comes up, and I've got a Fanta. <laughs> In my hand. Fanta's a soda for anybody yeah. who's had Fanta. Yeah, don't you want a Fanta? So I had like a Fanta soda in my hand at whatever o'clock in the morning to start the day. Thank you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> well, I mean, but it was the 70s. Right. That was normal. Yeah, that was pretty normal. It was and- a fruit flavor. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's fruit flavored soda. Fruit flavored but back when I, you know, when I started working, like we were talking about the incision I had, I would feel that inflammation. I also started noticing something weird, like in my teeth. I felt like my teeth were loose, mm-hmm. like around my gums. Man, and, that's weird. And that's that's what happens when you start losing too much weight, and you're not eating well, and you have a bad diet. Yeah, your body is just in crisis mode. Yeah, you, know, you were talking about the minerals that start stealing. Well, that's one of the first places it starts stealing from. Your you mouth? Know? Yeah, it'll start stealing from your teeth and yeah. your gums. And, and, and that's a good point. The first, usually the first sign of, of poor health happens in the mouth. And usually for kids, it's, they get cavities. Yeah, I had cavities as a kid. So if you, know, if you have a, a kid that's having uh, cavities at a young age, that's just poor nutrition. So all that point to say that, <laughs> all that. <laughs> focusing on weight loss was a bad decision. Yeah, so so focusing on weight loss is is often what brings you to the table, but once you get to the table, you want to focus on health. And that's really where I see when people come to us now, I really start kind of dialing the conversation to what we want to do is increase our health. We're not worried about losing our weight at first. We want to increase health mm-hmm. first. And magically, weight loss happens as a side benefit. Right. Weight so loss will occur. It's crazy. And, and when we talk about health, we want to focus on uh, specific things like how do you feel? How much energy do you have? Do you sleep well? Um, high or low blood pressure? Yeah. And so as we go through like some key benefits of the ketogenic diet, and it's not always going to be obviously weight loss related. Everybody knows there's so many more benefits to eating a keto diet than weight loss. But one of the big ones that, because the last few people we've talked to, they've had issues with blood pressure and a lot of times it's high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Yep. And usually there's some uh, edema or you know water retention, especially for women around the ankles and feet. And so issues like that that come up Uh, And how the ketogenic diet can really help that. But something that I haven't heard very many people talk about and is something that I had was really low blood pressure. Mm -hmm. And mine was so low that I remember when I was having a struggle with one of my pregnancies 
And I ended up in the emergency room and they were like, we have to really watch. I heard the doctor say, we have to really watch her because her blood pressure is so low that we don't want her to go into shock. That's crazy. And that's really low, right? So, I mean, I had an issue with that. And some people would say, well, low, lower blood pressure is a sign of, you know, good health because athletes have lower blood pressure. Well, mine wasn't because of athletic performance. <laughs> and so if you're out there and you have low blood pressure, maybe you pass out easily, which was me, like in a scary situation, if I got like scared or if, if I saw blood, I would pass out. Yeah. It was and, horrible. And there's, a, there's a reason for that. And there is. And the reason why is because I was burning out my adrenal health. I had poor adrenal function all throughout my life. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the person who pass out passes out easily, a lot of times it's because your fight or flight mechanism isn't working well. So you get your body's supposed to work where you get um, that fight or flight release of cortisol that happens, that yeah. adrenaline. Which causes a vasodilation. Yeah, so then your blood vessels will dilate and your heart, everything is supposed to pump your blood fast enough to keep it circulating up to your brain. Well, for those of us who have issues like I did, when the, the vessels open, gravity takes root and pulls all that blood down and you pass out. Yeah, so, so you got low blood pressure. Your body can't pump hard enough. So you get the fight, but not the flight. Yeah, you get the fight, <laughs> not the flight. You get the fight and fall. So that was me, and that's not a sign of good health. Right. And now I'm so much better. Like I can, like I can see blood, and I don't pass out. That's a good sign. I don't want to see it, but if I do, I know I might not pass out. Right. Your body's able to. Uh, absorb that little bit of adrenaline and yeah. do well. And I always thought, oh, it's the blood, but no, it was the it was the opening up of those vessels and the gravity pulling my blood down. I just didn't have the ability to circulate it fast enough. Right, but since so since we've been doing this since the keto, you've noticed your blood pressure has changed. Yeah, my blood pressure is in a normal range for me now. It's higher. My resting heart rate's a little bit higher. It was always like down around 54. Mm -hmm. And now my resting heart rate is more like 70, which right. is normal. normal. And I feel a lot better. And it's, you know, it's interesting because I, I started working. Instead of losing weight as my focus, I started really focusing on things like that that were health indicators or poor health indicators and if you start working on those things, magically your body just kind of like gets happy and it finds its happy place. Yep. And, and those, those health indicators we'll talk about because uh, a lot of times people focus on things that are really are not health indicators like whether or not your cholesterol is high. Right. Or your LDL-C is high. Those are really not – and they've been proven to have no correlation to any type of like heart disease. Exactly, and, and doctors still lean on that. And what we, what the new research has shown that uh, LDLC has no correlation to whether or not you're going to have a heart attack or get heart disease. And that's a lot of times it is one of the first health markers people look at with a diet is their cholesterol. So this part can be tricky. Mm -hmm. So because, like we said, like you just said, that's not a factor in heart disease. And you know, even the um, even the USDA kind of like backpedaled on that and didn't make it real public, but they took it out as cholesterol isn't a factor 
you know, and, and diet in your diet, but they kept it. It's, it's so buried in right. all this stuff. They're never going to come out and admit they're wrong. They're no. just, they're never going to do it. So, so what you do is you look at the, uh, the biomarkers like your HDL, you want your HDL to be high, your triglycerides, you want your triglycerides to be low. Right. Um, whether you have, uh, you know, in your LDL, whether you have the, the small dense LDL, the large fluffy LDL, those are all factors. Of course, you want the large fluffy in case anybody's wondering. Right. And you can go back and listen to our episode with Dave Feldman, all about cholesterol. All about was- cholesterol. And he, and he can tell you if, you know, if you're worried about cholesterol, uh, he can teach you how to manipulate your numbers very easily. Oh yeah, just go to cholesterolcode.com. Yeah, it's pretty crazy of what you can do. So, so if you're a person that say you had to have low cholesterol for your health, you know, insurance for your company, man, you can manipulate that at will. And that's that's a big factor for some people because if they have numbers that are bad, considered bad or poor mm-hmm. by the medical community, it can affect your your insurance stand, right. status. Because so. my cholesterol is always over four hundred. I know. Close to 500. So it's, it's by normal, you know, um, practices, it's high. Yeah. So if I was ever on like a company's health insurance and I had to have normal cholesterol, I would manipulate that to be low before I went in. Yeah. And he's got all, uh, Dave's got all that information on his website. So, you know, it is, a, it is one of the health improvements on keto that your HDL will generally go up and your triglycerides, which is the fat running around in your blood, will go down mm-hmm. because that's usually high because of processed foods, sugars, and things like that. When you remove that, the fat in your, that's circulating around in your blood goes down. Right. Which is a good thing because you're using it. Yes, you're so, using your you're using that cholesterol mm-hmm. appropriately. Yep. So you're using it, so you don't have you know all that stuck in your blood, which co- which is what causes plaque buildup. So that's what you want to get rid of. Yeah, it's a keto train coming by. So if you're driving down the highway like some of our friends do when they listen to this, there's a train here, not there. <laughs> <laughs> some of the some of the conductors get a little uh, excited about driving through Rome for some reason. I know. They, they really toot their horn. Yeah, this guy they was normal. They toot their own horn. Yeah, this guy was normal. He's like, ah, you know, once or twice I'm good to go. Yeah. So on, another thing we start talking about, you know, uh, health markers, and they're, they're not all like lab-tested health markers. Like a really good easy one is just energy, just better energy throughout the day. Yeah, I would say energy and mental focus. Mm-hmm. They kind of go together. And... I know that you and I both really felt the difference when we switched from even a more paleo style diet with a lot more carbs into a more keto diet, which we kind of just slid right into it. I don't even know when we really changed, but the mental clarity and the better energy just became really apparent. Right. And, and I noticed it you know, easily because I was the snacker. And I rode this blood sugar roller coaster every single day. Uh, I'd leave the house, I'd go to work, and by the time lunch rolled around, uh, the mental fog, like your ability to not make a decision because you're so hungry. Yeah. And it just takes over. And that's a low blood sugar problem. That's blood sugar regulation, which I didn't identify then. I just, to me, it was normal because, like I said, before I was focused on, as an athlete, uh, performance. So... The performance diet was you ate every two hours. So that was normal, and you you just thought, oh, I just need more food so I can, because my body's using all this. Right. You just think that I'm just using it. I have a I have a high metabolism, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a high metabolism, so I'm just going to eat some more. 
Exactly. I just train my body to ride this blood sugar roller coaster all the freaking time. And I ate a low-fat diet, a lot of carbohydrates, um, trying to get better athletic performance. Yeah, we bought low-fat granola bars. Low-fat granola bars. Oh I look God. back at all the junk I ate uh, trying to trying to think it was healthy and trying to be better, and it's, it's, it's comical to me. I know. I look now at some of the snacks that I would buy for us and the low-fat this and the low-fat that – and the low, the no fat yogurts and all the stuff that we would do, the egg whites. And I look at that and I'm like, oh my God, we were just like, we were literally in a glucose fog. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, we were, we were, we were deep in and we did, we had to eat often. I remember just being hungry, just thinking, eh, it's not mealtime. So just be hungry and you know, that was the advice also that Good Morning America gave people for right. weight loss right. was just accept that you're going to be hungry. And, you know, when you're hungry, a lot of times that's your body signal that you need nutrition. Yeah. If you feel like you have to have like I would leave the house sometimes around 845 ish to go into work and I would usually come home around 11 and I would take snacks for that two hours two and 15 hours. minutes, okay, that is not right. Your body <laughs> does not need food that often, okay? And yeah. uh, But I, I even planned it. Like if it was around getting close to 11 o'clock and it was time for you to leave, do not talk to me. There were no decisions going to be made. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was hungry. I was hangry and I wanted to go home and I want to eat some more snack and eat some food and then continue about my Well, day. our house in Florida, the way it was set up, you walked in the front door and if you just walked straight – what was it about 50 feet? Mm -hmm. There was the pantry, like right to right on your right hand side. You just opened the door, you had your shelf, you didn't even say hi to me. You just like <laughs> went straight to eat. You just grabbed a bag of chips and started eating. And that was the way that was just a blood sugar, like you said, blood sugar roller coaster. Oh my gosh. That you were on. And I'll tell you the afternoons, like when it creeps to around, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon. Of course, I'd already eaten all my snacks, and that was the thing. You're at work, and you're standing there, and you go to your little snack bag, and you realize it's empty. And there's like a there's sinking feeling in your stomach of like, oh, God, what do I do now? <laughs> I don't have anything to snack on. I don't, I don't have anything to snack on. So, you know, some people might say, well, is snacking bad on keto then? No. No, it's not. It, you, you, you're not going to do it as much, but when you do, you have the go-to snacks. We only tell people to, you know, plan – Plan that you might get hungry, so take these snacks with you to to get through it. And I find a lot of times people with snacks want crunchy, mm -hmm. and that's where like nuts come in for some people. A lot yep. of people like to do nuts, so people have to be careful with that because they get carried away. Um, they're easy. They're easy to eat a lot of, and that's the yeah. thing. Snacking can be so great, and I I love to snack. But it can be one of those things that can trigger people. So you just have to be conscious and aware of what you're eating. Right. Um, you know, my snacks were always, like you said, something crunchy and salty. Uh, peanut butter crackers were like one of my go-tos. And now, you know what? People listening to this, if that was your go-to, you can do what we do. We dip pork rinds in peanut butter now. Right. Yeah. So that is so good. You can still kind of do the crunchy and peanut butter. Yeah. It's easy. So easy. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I would say that the snacking had to be cut down easily 90%. Like, oh, yeah. I almost don't snack at all anymore unless we've been working out quite a bit. Uh -huh. And then, uh, you know, when it gets to around, you know, kind of getting close to dinner time. But what's weird is 
I can eat a little bit of a more keto-type snack, and the hunger just goes away. Pork rinds are usually our go-to. Yeah. Usually. And, and, and it's hard, to, it's it's, hard to eat a lot of pork it's rinds. It's hard. It's really <laughs> hard to eat very many of those. And so, so, anyway, when we're talking about health, you know, that better, cleaner energy and mental focus all day long is an indicator of your body working in an optimal state. Yes, absolutely. Because... When you have brain fog and you can't remember what you were went into a room for, when you walk from one room to the other, that's a sign that something's not working right and, and you know, you need to fix it. That's not about weight loss. That's really about your health. Yeah. You're not supposed to be tired and hungry all day long. And that was, this is, I think the reason why we're so passionate about it is because we've been through all of this mm -hmm. yep. and it's so rev, it was so revolutionary to us to feel this good because you never know how broken and sick your body is until you feel really good. Right. And, and, and I look back at my early to mid thirties and I ached all the time. I hurt. I trained a lot, but I, I didn't sleep well because my body ached at night. And then just to get out of bed was difficult because my ankles would hurt. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting on the side of the bed just kind of massaging and rolling my ankles to get them ready for the impact of the ground just to walk to the restroom. So that gets into the, the uh, inflammation part of why, why keto is so healthy. And that's, I think, one of the biggest benefits to me because we both have the experience with different kinds of inflammation. I talked about the scar tissue. It would hurt so bad. Just like if I sneezed, I would feel like my stomach was just like being torn. It was so bad. And then with you, with the ankles and the body aches, you're, you don't recover well from exercise. And that's what it was. Know? I wasn't recovering from from the amount of exercise I was doing because I would run usually in the morning. I would swim usually at lunch and I would bike afterwards. So I was doing all that pretty much every day. And I think that you can look and see there are a lot of young athletes who are doing the 400 carbs a day and they're performing well. They seem to be in good health, but possibly it's that they didn't come from as broken of a 1970s childhood state that I came from. And maybe they ain't clean all their life, and they can do that. So is it that no one can eat a large amount of carbs and be okay? I don't know. I don't know for sure. Yeah, we don't, we don't know that. We don't know that's an absolute positive. Um, but I, I, what I think is that those they're going to carb themselves out because you can't carb load. That's scientifically proven. You can't store carbs more than what your body normal reserves are. So you can't eat an excess of carbs and store that. I mean, that's, right. that's proven well, very well. you know, even without the storage issue, I just think that across the board in all medical literature, when you talk about glucose, one thing is always said, glucose is pro-inflammatory. Right. So you're, so, eating, you're eating a pro-inflammatory diet if you're eating a high-carb diet. So it's just, you know, you look at it from an athletic standpoint, you're trying to get this fast energy, and some people are using it because, let's be honest, the carbohydrate in your body, that glucose, holds some water. What does that water make happen? It makes your muscles look fluffier and bigger. It, it, that's what it does. It doesn't build muscle. It just pumps some water in there and gives them a little fluff. But you're still just as muscular without it. Because muscle is, like we've said, it's built with time under tension and protein. <laughs> right, right. Muscle and protein so, synthesis. That's how you build muscle. Yeah. 
So the glucose being pro-inflammatory, you know, that was an issue for both of us. And what's interesting is when you look back at all the inflammation that you and I both had and you take that glucose out, that was a pretty easy fix. I know. You know, there's no, there's, that wasn't rocket science. Well, I think that the, the, the rocket science part is when you start looking at as an athlete, if you're, if you're, if you're running and swimming and biking every day, how much of a carbohydrate do you need to eat and what type of, and this where it comes into, you know, dirty and clean carbs. Right. So of course you want to be eating the clean real foods that your body can process. And that's different for everybody as well. Not peanut butter crackers. Not peanut butter crackers from Nabisco, whoever, whoever <laughs> made them. Uh, those are, that's not a healthy snack. Um, so if, you know, if you are doing stuff like that and if you lean on maybe eating more fruit around your, you know, like a, like a banana or some orange or whatever around your workouts, that's a cleaner fuel than if you were, uh, you know, trying to do some energy drink or a pre-workout drink. Exactly. And the one thing that we see with inflammation and the ketogenic diet, a big factor is not just taking out the glucose, but even for the non-athlete even or the athlete, either one, you take out inflammatory oils. Mm -hmm. yes. So all those vegetable oils, seed oils that you find on the shelf at the grocery store that are already rancid and already going to cause damage even to your DNA. And, and those are the hidden things that people don't see because I have this conversation with a lot of people and when, they, when they'll put out you know, uh, anti-inflammatory diets, they'll always say don't eat red meat because it's inflammatory. And I completely, completely disagree with that because what I believe is most of those people who think they can't eat meat because it's inflammatory, they're including those poor oils. They're yeah. either cooking their meat in those poor oils or they're, something else is accompanying that food that is causing the inflammation. Because when I have the problems, like we talked about the Super Bowl food mm -hmm. and I ate some uh, you know, chips, it, it, took, it took a couple days for the inflammation to occur. Like all of a sudden, like my knee didn't work anymore. It hurt when I walked. It felt wonky. It was, it was breaking – like it was breaking apart. So I was like, all right, well, I got to go – I got to go strict, super strict. And I did that, and it took about three to four days for it to go back to where it didn't hurt anymore, to where I had full range of motion. So, it, and I could have said, "Oh, it's meat," but really, it was <laughs> it was because I was eating meat. But really, it was I know that because our diet is so uh, easy to monitor. Is it was the chips that I added, just the chips and salsa, caused inflammation, and it took me, you know, a couple of days to occur, and then a couple of days to, to rectify it. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's really good information for, you know, all of you guys listening because if you are eating out and you're still having a lot of problems with inflammation, it might be time to really start dialing in those fats that you might be coming in contact with because they really are a problem. We talk about the glucose all the time, mm -hmm, yep. you know, the sugar, the fructose, all that stuff, but those oils are bad. Yeah, so if you're they're going to... They're just bad. Yeah, they're bad. If you're going to a restaurant, uh, you know, to, to get breakfast and, and you're like, well, I only eat eggs and bacon and because and, that, and that's good for me. Yeah, you're right. If you're eating eggs and bacon, that's a great choice. But when they put that eggs and bacon on that girl in the back there, what oils are they putting on it? Oh, you can almost guarantee it's it's crap. It's, yeah. It's can, a crappy soybean, canola-based blend of oil. Right. Nine times out of ten. So you're eating the healthy food that's soaked in the bad oils, and that's where the problem lies. If you're not 
if you're not really, really, really seeing that, then that's because people do it all the time. They're like, well, I eat clean. And then you ask them, oh, what did you eat? And they tell you what you ate. And then you ask them where they ate it. And then the light comes on. Yeah. And so you could be making all the keto choices while you're out, mm-hmm. but still getting a good size helping <laughs> of these bad fats. So my, one of my instructors uh, during my nutritional therapy program, um, she talked about she took her own fat with her. Now, that might be farther than you are willing to go, but... There are cases where I know a lot of people who do things like that. I'm going to this restaurant, so I'm taking my, I mean, she takes duck fat with her. I want you to cook my fat, my food in this fat. Now, you know, whether they do or not, I don't know. So I know as a chef, we had, I would get in restaurants and places where I worked, I would get people with special, special recommendation or, uh, requirements on their food and we always did our best to accommodate people Mm -hmm. and so nine times out of ten depending on where you're going if you're going to a decent place they're probably going to going to accommodate you and your needs now they might make fun of you because I ain't gonna lie, the kitchen staff isn't very nice in most places when it comes to (laughs) stuff like that they don't like to do extra stuff yeah but you know, like I always would try to make sure I accommodated people because I also during that time was doing my own process uh, and I, I had a very limited specialized diet because I was trying to eat a more vegan style diet while still cooking all this other stuff for people. So I understood it. So hopefully if you do go out, you'll get someone that understands. Well, and, and that's one of the reasons where we do not eat out often. Yeah, because I worked in that industry. <laughs> <laughs> and so she knows what goes on. Even even if you're going to the best restaurants, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that they're they might be serving uh, tasty, good food, but that doesn't mean that the practices that are happening in the kitchen, uh, you know, coincide with what you want. Or you know the ingredients, because e- even though I worked at some high, a couple of high end places, there were some things that we had in the back that I wouldn't eat. Now, I wouldn't, you couldn't pay me because of the ingredient list within the certain food. Like, say it was um, a chocolate sauce on an ice cream that we brought in just for a drizzle that was purchased. It was made with some crappy oil. I wouldn't eat that. Yeah. You know, because it was just a garnish. So, you know, some things like that that I look at and now I wouldn't eat the ice cream now anyway, but... You know, just saying there's all these little things, even the salad dressings. We made our own salad dressing, but with some of them, they weren't olive oil based. So even, you know, some of the salad dressings you're going to get, they're going to have a bad oil from the as, as the base of right. that food. Now, you're, you're going to be stuck out at some point with friends or family or whatever, and you're going to have to eat at a restaurant. So don't don't overstress. Just you know, when, when you find yourself in those positions where, where you're going to do it, just, again, order the best food you can. You can't control what's happening in the kitchen unless you go back there, I guess. I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally done that. I said, can I see your kitchen? <laughs> Nobody wants to go out to eat with me. Because <laughs> we don't we don't want to fear you into not going no, out to eat. No. <laughs> you know, we just want you to understand what's going on because we don't want you to get frustrated if, if you're trying to do something and it's not working oftentimes. And again, it goes back to that's why you, it helps to have a coach. It helps to 
you know, contact a nutritional therapist and sit down and have that appointment and talk to them and figure out these are all the things that I'm doing because what they're going to do is they're going to pinpoint what you overlooked. You know, you know, and like we talked about last week with my insomnia, insomnia, I can talk today, I think (laughs) insomnia issue is I had to be my own client and I had to backtrack and say, what in the world am I doing to cause this? Because there's something in my lifestyle right now, whether it's diet, diet, lifestyle related, you know, I'm working out too much, something's happening. And, you know, just being able to go back and look and go, okay, I need to dial this back. I need to cut this out. I need to increase this. It's so helpful because now, you know, I'm over the last week, I've had maybe one night where I had some poor sleep. But I've been sleeping a lot better, mm-hmm. and I'm getting good quality sleep. And when you think about sleep, that's the time that your body really repairs. Right. And it's so important. And so when you're having trouble sleeping, you know, when you start going ketogenic or whatever diet you're, you know, dietary choice you're making, you're going to maybe have some sleep disturbances. Mm-hmm. And... It's good to be able to talk to someone about yep. that. You're going to change. You're going to go through through different uh, processes that your body is going to detox. So, again, you know, we've talked about this before. Just having somebody to talk to really helps you uh, down the path because it, it, it is a journey. And like we always say, you have the rest of your life to figure it out. So, uh, you know, focus on health. Take it, you know, a small step at a time. Don't just focus on I've got to lose weight because you're going to plateau in your weight. It's, it's not going to just continue to lose weight. Right. So that's the big key for today is go throughout this week when it's the week really where most people fall off of whatever plan they had from the beginning of the year. And whether it was Weight Watchers, Keto, Low Carb, it doesn't matter. This is usually the week where it starts to tank (laughs) because you focus on weight loss. And like I said, I'm the first to say I was so guilty of this rather than your health. Mm-hmm. And so if you do this week, get a box of chocolate and you eat one, that's don't freak out about it. Don't freak out. No, don't freak out. Just just go forward and think about your health, but approach everything when it, you know, to approach every single thing as is this going to make me healthier? Mm-hmm. It gives you such a better uh, decision making tool when it comes to your food or whatever it is you're doing. And, and that's what we try not to like. We don't like labels like keto, carnivore, you know, vegan, whatever it is. We like to approach it from a nutrient approach. Is is this a nutrient dense diet? And is it going to be good for you? And I think if everybody did that, then we would we would probably do better as as a whole. Right. So people could, you know, it's simple. Is it nutrient dense or is it not? Yeah, exactly. So get yourself a heart-shaped steak this week instead <laughs> of chocolate. <laughs> they make those. You can get those, a heart-shaped steak. You can. You can cut it to look like that, mm, too. That's a great idea. Get your uh, special person a heart-shaped ribeye. A heart-shaped ribeye. Mm. That's probably what we'll do. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that covers uh, quite a bit. You got anything else to add? No. No? Have a good uh, Valentine's Day. Yep, and eat that heart-shaped steak. It's good for your heart. Yep. (laughs) So go out there, eat fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to The Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget.
forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com. <laughs>